darkness. I want to show you that our God comes when it seems like there'll be no hope. That's how he works. And usually we celebrate Christmas and say he was born, but I want to talk today about the timing of when he was born. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. I want to say that we love the Ferris family very much, and we, we had to join with them yesterday to bury Brother Jason's wonderful father. And he was bragged about by all for being a great man, a loyal man, a man of God. And we want the Ferris family to know that we love them very much. And this entire church is behind them, and we are here with them. And this is a tough time of the year to lose a loved one. But they have this entire church family that supports them. And so we just want them to know that we, we're here for you. And we're really we're just thankful that you came to church today. This is the best place to cry. This is the best place to mourn. This is the best place to go through trouble. Some people stay home when they're going through a hard time. That doesn't make any sense at all. That's like staying away from the hospital when you need a surgery. I think when you're going through a tough time, come to church. Lay at the altar and let the Lord do a healing in your life. Somebody say it's Christmas timing. Yeah, you thought I was going to say it's Christmas time. It's Christmas timing. When I think of uh, Christmas, I think, you know, baby Jesus and little animals. and it's so cute. There's music playing in the background, probably like this. Well, there was angels there. Angel there now. I'm sure it sounded something like that in the atmosphere. But... I will have to tell you today, I don't want to pop your bubble, but it wasn't sweet, it wasn't cute, and it wasn't pretty. It was a rescue mission. I'm talking like fire. I'm talking like out of the helicopter, drop the rope. I'm talking about we're gonna, not going to make it if he doesn't help us. I'm talking about this is it. This is the end. It's the darkest of times. Somebody say it's Christmas timing. Thank you, brother. I'm going to read my text later. Appreciate our musicians, singers, all of our church. What a wonderful group of people that we have volunteering at our church. Jesus was born on December 25th, apparently. <laughs> we don't know the answer to that question. How many of y'all know that's not proven? Y'all didn't? Okay. It's not proven that Jesus was born on December 25th. And uh, I'm sorry, but there probably wasn't this beautiful snow outside, turkey in the oven, ham, December 25th. Uh, a lot of theologians and doctrinal scholars believe that it was probably December 25th because he was probably, uh, he was probably conceived in April. And so they just count nine months. And they're assuming that maybe it was around Easter time. And so somebody somewhere in the Catholic Church one day just plucked that date out and said, it sounds like December 25th would be good. So we don't technically know what was happening, the date specifically, but I can tell you it's nothing like probably what we've dreamed that it was. And let me give you today some backdrop of what was really happening in the world, in the region, and right there in the darkness before I tell you that Jesus came. The Old Testament ends around 400 B.C., with the prophet Malachi's messages to the people being the last word from God until the angel shows up. 400 years they have not heard from God. 400 years it's been silent. You know, there's a song, Silent Night, 
How about silent nights? How about silent centuries? It's silent. God is not talking. They are just going about life. And you and I both know what happens when God's not talking. You and I both know what we do when there's not a direct line from God. We tend to follow our instincts and our human nature, and we begin to drift into darkness. And for 400 years, it's absolute chaos in the world. For 400 years, we call this time the 400 years of silence. And we have no record of any prophets getting a word from God. The world grows dark and darker, and God's people begin to drift into absolute compromise. The light has been snuffed out seemingly in the world. In the silence, though, it just so happens that the Roman Empire, what a coincidence, is starting to become the most powerful nation and people in all the world. During the silence where God is not speaking, men are gathering, having meetings, creating their own culture. Men who believe in multiple gods. Men who are pagans. Men who do not worship our God. They're polytheistic. They believe in multiple gods. Some of the most wicked, demonic people in all the world rise up in wisdom, rise up in good looks, rise up in education, and they begin to create one of the most powerful and one of the most godless societies that ever existed in our world, all during the silence of God. The Roman Empire began to develop very quickly during this time. They began to dominate the entire region after region after region. And around 60 B.C., around 60 years before Christ, the Jewish people in Jerusalem were conquered by the Romans. And the Romans came in and they brought their ideology and their suffering and their pain and all their worldliness and they began to dominate the Jewish region and Jerusalem. Romans worshiped many false gods. Romans were in charge and the Jews had to listen to the Romans. The Romans were the police state of the day. They were a conquered people. Let me tell you what it was like under Roman rule. Let me tell you what it's like in the world. Let me tell you what the Romans were known for. Not just streets, not just buildings, not all the good things we know about Rome, but there were many evil things that took place among the Romans. It was a time of silence, a time of darkness, and the devil was moving about, causing influence on the Roman territory. Here are some things that not many people know about the Romans and how things were. Some are a little bit gross, so bear with me. But it starts off with possibly, uh, maybe, I, I don't want to say too much about this. You'll probably get it and laugh anyway. But, but there was a thing where women were starting to rock the unibrow on purpose. Where it became fashionable for women to try to increase growth of hair between their eyebrows. This was a Roman thing. See how, see how already from the beginning, how it started to get real weird. That should have been a sign right there. We need to conquer Rome. Emperors would begin to drink poison on purpose to make sure they had immunity from poison because they were trying to kill each other so much they were preparing themselves 
four assassination attempts by drinking poison. Sounds like a great time to live in. Soldiers were constantly, easily sent to their death by their emperor just so they could conquer more land. People's lives were expendable. Soldiers were expendable. Everyone was just doing their job. It was demonic. Wealthy Romans had hours of long banquets so long that they would reportedly make themselves throw up just so they could keep eating. Full of the devil. Women began to dye their hair to become more attractive. And they would spend a lot of hours, a lot of work on their makeup and their looks during the silence, during the darkness. This is what develops when God is not speaking. It began to be so outrageous that there are reports that women began to think that manure would do good for their face. And they began to rub manure and oils into their skin because they believed it would make them more pretty. The problem is they stunk. (laughs) And when they began to stink, even if they were pretty, they would have to cover up themselves with all kinds of perfumes. And y'all know what happens whenever you cover up stink with perfume. It just stinks a little differently. (laughs) Welcome to Rome. Welcome to darkness. Welcome to one of the most wicked eras of the entire world history. Many women would attempt to buy gladiator sweat and use it for face cream because they believed it might make them look more attractive. You think it's crazy. They're just full of the devil. You think that's ridiculous, but that's what happens when you're full of spirits. It doesn't make sense. It's wicked. One of their gods told them, probably a demon. Welcome to Rome. Welcome to silence. Welcome to darkness. This is the dominating world force. These are the people in charge when Jesus came. Horses were actually given political status. They would build them homes and have banquets, and they would pretend that their horses were in charge of things. Welcome to Rome. Welcome to satanic spirits convincing people to do strange things that don't make any sense. There are even reports that if you drank the blood of a dead gladiator, it was thought to help you with epilepsy or your fertility issues. And so people, after the people were murdered, possibly Christians were murdered, gladiators would die, and they would die, and people would try to scoop up their blood and save it and use it because they were full of devils. They were some of the sickest people in all the world. Welcome to Rome. Welcome to darkness. Welcome to some of the most horrendous era of the entire world history. The average age, they say, for many Romans during this time was the age of 25 because many died giving birth. Many infants died very easily, and they say once you got to a certain age, you probably would live a long life like many of us, but there was a lot of death in their times. There was a lot of death. It was difficult to grow old in the day that we're living in. You could die for wearing the color purple unless you were the emperor. 
because purple was a symbol of power and authority and royalty. And they would put you to death if they caught you wearing too much purple. Too much purple. They'd kill you over it. Darkness. Suffering. They would build large event venues. You probably know the one called the Colosseum. And one even greater, a little less known, called the Circus Maximus, where hundreds, thousands of civilians would gladly gather to watch people murder other people for sport. When God is silent, this is what happens. When God is taken out of schools, this is what happens. When God is taken out of homes, this is what happens. Silence. Darkness. Do nothing. It gets dark. People get evil. And demons begin to spread their propaganda. And you say it can never happen like that. It did. And it's happening again. It's happening right now. We have the greatest circus maximus. It's on your television. It's on your phone. It's on your computer. And these days, instead of traveling to the Colosseum, you just pull it up. And you watch the blood and guts and the evil. You're entertained by it, just like they were. We're not any different today. In fact, instead of it being 250,000 gathered in one place, it is the majority of Western society. They would torture people. It was very popular to have animals eat people alive. Lions, beasts, attacking. They would, they would put people, strip them naked to embarrass them, tie them to a pole, cover them in blood, and they would laugh and they would cheer as animals would rip them to pieces, slowly killing them. That's what happens when God is silent. That's what happens whenever people are not serving Him. That's what happens whenever... The devil is on the loose. It was very dark. It was very common to just cut your head off for anything that you did wrong. We know the Apostle Paul was beheaded at Rome. At Rome. Rome. And we know that Jesus was crucified on a Roman cross. It's a wicked time. It's a wicked error. And while the silence is happening and darkness is there, evil is growing. Rome is becoming more powerful. And Rome is dominating the world. This is what's happening when Jesus is born. After Rome was conquered, the Jewish, after Rome conquered, after Rome conquered the Jewish region, they were allowed, the Jews were allowed to worship mainly as they pleased. But the Roman influence was established and puppet kings were placed in power like the evil King Herod. He was a two-face. He was trying to play the Jews, but he really worked for the Romans. He was just trying to stay in power. And he was a wicked man. And the Jews were under the authority and the power of a wicked king. Even though it wasn't Rome, Rome was in charge. Rome had the influence. Rome controlled everything. They just let the people do enough worship to not cause a rebellion. They give you just enough of your God to make sure you don't really try to fight back. They don't mind you having a little bit of light as long as it's mainly dark. 
And this was what it was like when Jesus came to earth. This king was so wicked. He would kill a whole town of newborn boys just to get to one newborn Jesus. He would have them slaughtered. This was the time when Jesus was born. Local Jewish leadership was divided, and they were wicked. The people you think you could count on, the religious people, the preachers of the day, they had fallen prey to the darkness, the silence, and they had began to distort God's laws. They had began to make up their own laws, to twist the Scripture, to fit their agenda to make them New Age Christian Romans. Under Roman law, pretending to really serve God, but they were just as compromised as anybody else. And We know that Jesus called them out for it. They knew the law, but their hearts were blinded. Racism was horrible at this time between the Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. People were oppressed, People were taxed. There were rebellions, and the rebellions were squashed with great force and great violence. It was nothing to jail or to kill. Anyone Rome wanted to kill, what can you do against it? It was a wicked, scary, dark, evil time. The world was filled with God's silence and men's violence. That's what happens whenever God is silent. Darkness is everywhere, surrounded by sin, and yet, in the middle of all of this, and at this time of world history, when the world deserved a second flood of judgment, a fiery pit, when the world proved to God and everybody that darkness is prevailing, that the law has failed that after all the years you've tried to help people get right, they won't listen. The devil must be in charge. They don't want you. They've told you. You've had 400 years to show God that you wanted to do things right, and you've failed, and you've been broken, and you're suffering of all the times when God should have killed every single human on the earth. An angel breaks the silence. An angel finds one of the most vulnerable, virgin, young girls doing her best to be righteous in a wicked hour and says, I've chosen you. You will be the one where prophecy shall finally be fulfilled. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter how bad it is. When God makes a promise to save a people, it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter how far you've drifted. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter what's happening in the government or in society. When God makes his mind up to step down in our affairs and save us, he will do it. Even when we don't deserve it, he will do it. Even when it seems like there's no hope, he will do it. 
When I think of Christmas time, I don't just think of, of snow and angels and trees. I think of wickedness being defeated. I think of curses being broken. I think of darkness going away. I think of the timing. I think about how we don't deserve this season. I think about how this shouldn't have never happened. I think about how we're loved that he would step off his throne when, it, when we deserve death and judgment. And here's what's so cool. He didn't first show up with a sword. He showed up just as vulnerable as all of us. He takes it to a whole new level because he has to be the product of that own sin by running away from it himself and feeling what we feel and the fear we feel. But he overcame every single obstacle in the darkness. So on this Christmas time, this Christmas season, I came to encourage you the word of hope. Luke chapter 1 and 30, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the sin, in the midst of the suffering, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. We're taking territory back. We're going to get this thing reversed. We're going to get this thing turned back around. It's Christmas timing. It's all about when he chose the cane. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. This is the beginning of something brand new. This is not just another big moment in history. This is the end of the darkness. This will never happen again in the earth. With the arrival of Jesus Christ, it will have hope. There will be joy. There will be a chance to be saved. There will be mercy. And it doesn't matter how strong Rome is. It doesn't matter how much they want to kill us and how much darkness there is. You will have an end. You will have never have an end. You have an everlasting kingdom. We will restore a kingdom now that will last forever. Amen. Oh, it makes a whole lot more sense when you put it to the backdrop of evil. This is why I love this time of year. Because he chose to come then. Are you, are you catching the spirit of it today? He chose to come at the worst. It's like he was holding back. It's like he was saving all of his cards up. It's like he was waiting. He said, you think it's bad? I'm going to come at the worst. I'm going to come at perfect timing. I'm going to come right on time. I'm going to come just when you think it can't get better. I'm going to come when it seems like there is no hope. I'm going to show up right on time just when it seems like it can't get any worse at the very bottom. I'm going to come right then. Is anybody feeling the Christmas timing? God shows up right on time. It might be at the very edge of not coming back, but he shows up. He always does. He always will. It may seem like it's gone too far, but never does it go too far that Jesus can bring it right back. 
It's Christmas timing, church family. Today we're talking about Christmas timing. And then Mary said to the angel in verse 34, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel said and answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. King James Version says that the Holy Ghost shall overshadow you, will impregnate you. It's going to be a miracle. It's going to be a miracle. It's going to overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Hope arrived. Emmanuel, God with us. We normally focus during Christmas on the why Jesus came. But I wanted to come and shout loudly today. He came at the darkest moment. He came when it seemed all hope was lost. He came when it seemed like he'd never come. The Jews were begging him to come. Their prophets said he would in the old writings, but it didn't happen. And they were, they were all forced into this slave mentality. And it seemed like they were just animals and roaches to Rome. And it seemed like there'd be no hope. But in that timing, at a all, at sin was an all-time high. And darkness was all-time high. And faith was all-time low. That's when Jesus shows up. So when I go to Christmas and I think of Christmas, I think I'm not giving up. I think it doesn't matter how dark it is. I think it doesn't matter. It seems like how powerful the world is and who's against me and what the enemies are and what I read on, on the news and social media. It doesn't matter what's happening in my world. Christmas tells me it's going to be okay. Christmas tells me he shows up right on time. Christmas tells me he's got more power than any devil in all the world. Christmas tells me kings can't stop him. Roman emperors can't stop him. I'll prove it to you. In the silence, Rome grew. But in the noise of the gospel, Rome died. Because if you study Roman history, it took about 300 years as the church was getting off the ground where eventually they adopted Christianity as their religion. And I realized they never really got full truth, but they began to get rid of of the polytheistic gods and they could not contain and they could not reject the power of the church because the power of the church was in the people who said you can kill me it doesn't matter Christians began to flood the cities Christians began to flood Rome they began to preach the gospel of Jesus and Rome said that's more powerful than even us are you hearing me today? What we have is greater than the greatest empire. What we have is brighter than the darkest night. What we have is more strong and powerful than any army in the world. We outlast, Christianity outlasts the greatest of armies and attacks. Rome today is just a a cute place you go visit. Rome today is just a place of fallen beauty. But the church stands strong. And Christians have taken over the entire world with the gospel, and we're still going from country to country preaching the gospel. And the only reason why governments are afraid of us is because they can't be crooked politicians and have us vote for them. But we will not go down. We will not be silenced because God will not do this again. 
He's loudly speaking and proclaiming his truth into all nations all over the world. And when I think of Christmas, I think that Jesus is on the throne. I think that Jesus has all power over all governments, all authorities, all weapons, all bombs. I'm not afraid today because I know who my God is. My God shows up right on time. My God shows up right at the last moment. I'm so glad today to worship this God during Christmas timing. Of all the times Jesus could have come, it seems that it was the worst. And during this Christmas season, if you feel like you're at the bottom, it's the perfect time. If you feel like you don't have anything, it's perfect timing. If you feel like it's just dark all around you, this is when Jesus shows up. If you feel like you're alone in the darkness, and you are one out of billions, and you've got no power, no authority, no voice. When you think of Christmas, you've got to think that it's perfect timing for help. It's perfect timing for deliverance. It's perfect timing to, to get a walk with God. Because this is where he moves the most. Whatever you're facing the day, be encouraged in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you're going through right now, be encouraged during this Christmas season. When you see a Christmas tree, think of the darkness and the light and the broken spirits and how God revealed himself to the world and how he shows up right on time. Today is simple. We're not just talking about a baby who was born. We're talking about when he was born. He chose to step off his throne at perfect timing. And you know what the Lord will me to tell you today? Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing right now, it's perfect timing for God to reach down right where you are and start to save you and start to rebuild your life and start to put things back together. That's how he works, at the perfect timing. You know, I also feel this today. Some of you may not listen today. Your darkest moment may come in five years. But I want you to know right now, you better never forget this word. In your darkest moment, he shows up. At the moment, you, it seems like there's no way out of this. He shows up. Hey, this is cool about Christmas. You can't get to him. He can get to you. At your lowest moment, you've got no strength. That's why Christmas is all about him coming to us. Because he knows you have no power to get to him. He knows in that dark moment of silence, God is so far away. He knows there's no way to get out of what you're in unless he comes to you. And that's what our God does. Our God comes to us. Lord, we love you today and we thank you for the timing that you came. I thank you, God, for an encouraging word of simplicity today that you came during the evil. You came during the attacks. You came during the torture. You came when it seemed like there was no hope, when all the law and the legal scholars were messed up and they were divided and they were fighting and racism was at an all-time high. You moved on the earth. Thank you, Jesus, for Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for showing up. Thank you, Lord, for shining the light in the darkness. I'm so thankful today. I'm rejoicing. I'm thankful. I'm praising. I'm Thank God for coming to where we are when we deserve death. We deserve suffering. You showed up as a baby, and you said it's going to be okay. You came to save us, Jesus. 
Come on, let's lift up our hands and love the Lord together right now. Let's celebrate Jesus today. He's reaching for somebody's life. He's reaching for somebody's heart. Don't give up, church family. Don't give up, saint of God. It may seem like there's no hope, but I'm telling you, it's a perfect day for someone to receive the spirit of Jesus. It's a perfect day for someone to let the Lord show up in your life. Right now, he's moving. Right now, he's pouring out his spirit. Right now, he's showing up in your darkness. It may have been silent, but not right now. I've come to preach what the angel said and say, be glad. Have joy. The Lord is here. He brings peace to your storm. He brings peace to your suffering. Fear not what Rome can do. Fear not what the government can do. Fear not what the armies of the world can do. Jesus reigns. Jesus is on the throne. It's going to be okay this Christmas. Let's lift our hands and love them right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for coming at a day like that. Thank you for giving me hope for my days like that. Thank you, God, when I'm awake at night and I can't sleep and it's dark and I'm alone. Thank you for reminding me that you show up right on time. That's why we're here today. That's why we're giving gifts, and that's why we're dressing up in red and green. It's not because of ourselves. It's because we're so thankful. It's because we're celebratory, and we're thankful that Jesus showed up. Oh, what hope that gives the world right now. Oh, what hope that gives every situation we're facing right now. I think 